0: It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team. Mike will get you into
1: the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now. Here's Mike Adams 2.0. Presented by El Mesquite Market. Bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team. Happy Cinco de Mayo weekend. I got a fun fact. I want to start with a fun fact. Before we get to the interviews, before we get to fact or fiction, I need Cell to know that according to the California Avocado Commission, roughly 81 million pounds of avocados will be consumed on Cinco de Mayo. 81 million pounds of avocados. And I got to say, guacamole is one of my favorite dishes. With a nice tostada chip. But let's get back to the show. We got a huge interview today. Micah Frankel just got back from the Bare Knuckles Fighting Championships in Colorado. None other than the notorious one, Conor McGregor, makes his way into the BKFC ring, Micah. How was it while you were out there? BKFC. They'll tell you, the fastest growing
0: combat sport in the world, fast-paced action-packed on the edge of your seat at every moment, and then you have the industry buying in. You get the recognition of not just Conor McGregor showing up to watch his two former foes do battle in that squared circle, proper 12 in arm, his baby carrying it just like a baby, if you've seen the picture on the Facebook page. But then you've got Conor McGregor donning one of Lorenzo hunts two world titles signing it getting into that ring and having a one-on-one conversation with Mike Perry very cordial but a face-to-face breaking the internet being number one trending on Twitter BKFC is promoting in a way that is grabbing attention and if you are into the sport if you have not liked the slow pace of grappling and the beauty of jiu-jitsu, which I find alluring, if you needed something more, this is that extra. We said bare knuckle... We said, slaply, a little bit of the disconnect was the lack of defense. We saw here at Knucklemania 3, Austin Trout. You can bring defense into this sport. And we all seen with the three-pointer, with the touchdown, with Patrick Mahomes, with Steph Curry. You love the bomb. You love the explosive play. That any moment, you could see something that's going to make the crowd jump to their feet. And
1: that is what BKFC offers, Mike. Well, BKFC, you were out there in Colorado. The only thing I took away... Outside of some fast-paced fights, was Conor McGregor. Period. The end. Now, Micah, you come back, and you got to cover some more fights. And you did a great interview today. Let everybody know uh, what's in town and who you interviewed. Which we're gonna we're gonna have that as part of this show. If you're hungry,
0: if you're craving live action. Well, we got just the thing for you guys tonight. Revel Entertainment Center, Peak Fighting Championship, the debut here in the Land of Enchantment. It's PFC 28, heavyweight title match in the main event. The former King of the Cage, former legacy UFC vet, Cody, now the bullet train east, a lot more slim down, 225 pounds at the weigh-ins, taking on Wesley Day Almeida, short-notice replacement, because Braxton Smith, the... Original heavyweight champion gets the call to the UFC. We now have a vacant title fight. Your co-main event, two of the most talked about women's prospects in the Southwest, Megan Penning, Lydia Warren, In that one, you got a feature fight with Josh Marsh-Lewis Luna. If you're fans of the Southwest, you know these two names. They've both been digging away at this regional scene for quite a while. A slew of amateur fights with two amateur title fights. So today, just in a little bit, we're going to be talking to Peak Fighting Championship President and Founder Johnny Ross.
1: Michael Frankel, after that, you're heading back to the UFC. Now, why do I say this, right? I have to... I'll be out of town... In the upcoming week, then I got to get out to Maryland on some business, Micah, and then I, and then I come back. You're every week covering the major sports across the country. But before we get to your next two visits, which are, I believe are in Vegas, well, actually, don't let's
0: not oversell the local market. June sixteenth, everybody, BKFC, Las Cruces. It's a couple hours away, but that's going to be a trip. That's going to be a week.
1: And just wait till Dave Feldman gives us the announcements for that loaded card. Yeah, I'm excited for that, of course. But then I have to talk about tonight as well. It's the champ champ, Henry, Henry Cejudo coming Triple C. Back. Put the respect on that. The what? triple C, champ, the, champ, champ, champ. Here, here's the thing. I, I know where you're going with it. But in the UFC, he's champ champ. The Olympic greatness deserves its recognition. But but here's the thing, Micah. Before you give me triple C now, okay? There's triple H now. There's triple C. But let me just keep it uh, kind of a a a status. You're gonna go triple A on me. <laughs> You're gonna give me
0: reservations
1: and then here's even the fix my flat tire. Here's the thing, Micah. Here's the thing. So who do? I think it's been, what, two years? Maybe two and a half years? 2020 was the last calendar year, so we're going on nearly three. Almost. And Al Jermaine Sterling, if you're listening, friend of the show, best of luck to you. But this one, Mike, I can't miss because I'm a huge Cejudo fan and I'm a huge Sterling fan.
0: It's a big fight night. It is a huge one. Going to have some more detailed questions for you in fact and fiction. But yeah, this is huge. Coming off the couch, three years away, tried to play some hardball, wanted a bigger paycheck, turned to coaching, got Davidson Figueroa back that world title, helped John Jones collect a heavyweight title, now coming back to reclaim a Bantamweight title that he never was dethroned of. He vacated and walked away. Now, on the other side, Algermain Sterling. This is almost for vindication in the eyes of the worst internet trolls. You can believe in the champion because he is the reigning champion. But some are going to say there was a bit of acting involved with the disqualification that got him the title in the first place with the neck injury. And then you have people that naysay the rematch, which was actually the pinnacle of his performance. And unfortunately, TJ Dillashaw lies to all of us and comes in with a shoulder injury. And all of this discredits what a great reign Algermain Sterling has been on. This is to validate Sterling. As the world champion, this is for Cejudo to go into infamy. Let's think about it. John Jones, GSP, the guys that have taken years off and coming back to get the world title. The era of greatness that Henry Cejudo is pushing towards, it just has to be admired to take that kind of a leap of faith, that kind of faith in your skill set.
1: Micah, before we get to factor Fiction. 81 million pounds of avocados are consumed. Now, in thinking, I have to have some salsa and chips tonight. I have to, right? It's like, it's a must. But with 81 million pounds of avocado, how? How? Will Will we run out of guacamole is my question.
0: I don't think we can at that point. Do you have the onion, tomato, and cilantro counts also
1: right behind on this? I don't have those counts, (laughs) Micah, but I don't want people to run out. Like, here's the thing. If I go to a restaurant tonight, I want to be able to order guacamole. I want to be able to go to the store, get me two good avocados, right, and make a good guacamole. I hope we don't run out of avocados is my point, Micah. I'm hoping that you got yours
0: earlier in the week. Sometimes you got to get to the store early. You find them hard. You got to leave them out on the counter. Let them grow into being nice and ripe. And that's kind of what we saw from the career of Al Sterling. He had the setback against Marlon Moraes, unfortunately, the head kick knockout. He had to readjust. He had to take his training to another level. Now, not just representing New York, but a big portion of his camp done in Las Vegas. I'd say that tonight you
1: see a fully ripe avocado defensive defending his world title Micah Frankel it's time for factor fiction I'm excited today so hopefully you have some good questions factor fiction Mike Perry is born and bred for bkFC that's a fact Micah and now this guy who's three and0 won his third consecutive bkFC fight gets Connor in there that's a perfect matchup great payday for Perry if it happens. And Connor becomes the face of BKFC overnight.
0: Even Perry knew that Connor is an illusion. He's a mirage that's down the road. He's an oasis that we might find one day after his UFC tenure is done. But right now, the face of BKFC is a free agent, and it's time for Mike Perry to cash in. And I don't think we've seen a UFC abandoned fighter turn his narrative around in such a way since Platinum Mike Perry.
1: Yeah, well, 3-0, Micah, that speaks for itself, so he's starting to
0: fight. And then Mike Perry made sense this weekend. i got to bring this up. He wanted to defend his Platinum title. Luke Rockhold declined the opportunity. We should
1: respect the Platinum title, and that's a fact. Well, I, I, I'm going to say this. What he did to Luke Rockhold, and you were there live, I think, how many teeth did Luke Rockhold lose that night? At least two or three. I mean, two or they three. They got pushed back. They got cracked. Yeah, I mean. I've un- never said that about teeth before. They got cracked. Unbelievable, Mike. Well, they shouldn't, right? The only time they should crack is if you're eating Snap, Crackle, and Pop Rice Krispies. I mean, they shouldn't crack any other way, should they?
0: Mix some marshmallow in there, Rice Krispie treat that not- might not be a bad dessert after you're done with your guacamole. Song dong proved that he has the potential to be a world title challenger after his dismantling of Ricky Simone this weekend.
1: Micah, here's the thing. Of course, fact. That's a fact. But now you're talking Rice Krispie Treats. I don't know how we went from guacamole to cereal to a Rice Krispie Treat. Well, because I don't think
0: that we're going to mix the Rice Krispies in with the guacamole, so it's that nice accoutrement afterwards. We need a dessert. You're already giving me the appetizer. I'm getting the dessert. I'm sure Sal Behind the Glass is going to come up with the entree. Well, I'm excited. Let's continue, Micah. That was a fact. That was a fact, and Joel MVP has validated a a decade of tanking from the 76ers.
1: Well, here's I'm going to say this. Congratulations, Joel Embiid. Well-deserved MVP. The Joker could have won it as well. I thought Giannis. But I think Joel did enough to win it. Now, the big question is here, Micah. Here's my question. The Milwaukee Bucks fired their coach. Didn't he just win an NBA title? Didn't didn't he just win an NBA title three years ago? Was it three years ago? Four? It it was was just three years ago. Aren't you going to let me get through Factor Fiction, though? No, but I have to stay here because Joel Embiid deserves the MVP, but the Sixers won't beat the Celtics. The Sixers won't beat the Celtics. Was
0: it worrisome that they won when Harden dropped 45 and Embiid was not on the court, but they lose when he is?
1: I I don't know if it's worrisome unless you're a Sixer fan. I think Embiid's still going to get you 40 when, when he wants to. I don't think he's at 100%. And when he is at 100%, and even if Harden's at 100%, I still think the Celtics win.
0: Celtics, the younger legs, that's who we're believing in right now. It's one to one. Mike are fired. See, this is why I'm trying to let you, let me get to things here. Mike I like it.
1: was a bad move by the Bucs. That's a fact. Here's a guy who wins the title. Has one of the highest winning percentages as an NBA head coach. Seventy percent of his games. And he's gonna go, Micah, to wherever he wants to go. The Bucs weren't happy going out in the first round. The ownership definitely wasn't happy, Micah. The
0: Bucks will be in a full reset next year.
1: No fiction. I think the the what it depends who coaches him, right? Well, it also depends because Brooke, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton
0: are free agents. You lose two of your best four players. You have a new head coach that feels like even with the Giannis, that feels like you hit the reset button on the video game to me.
1: Here's the thing. If I'm the Lakers and I know you don't want to talk about it, I tried, I'd try to trade right now for Giannis. Oh, I thought
0: you were going to talk about Mike Boonholzer. I thought you were going to talk about one of the free agents. Um... Can we put a pin in that one for a second? We'll get back to that at the end of this conversation. Nick Nurse and Mike Bootenholzer will both have jobs next year. Absolutely fact. And here's the other thing. Think about this. Didn't the Raptors just win an NBA title? Three of the last four NBA coaches to win a title. Yes, we'll bring up the Lakers again. Frank Vogel included have been sent astray by their teams just after just being removed from winning the titles. Incredible. Incredible. The Yankees
1: are slumping, and it's all due to the pitching. Fact. It is a fact. The bats have been phenomenal, Michael. have. The they bats not... have... The it, bats... It's
0: been an inconsistency. We've had one good day from a pitcher, Herman, but then they blow it in the ninth because the bullpen can't keep it up. The bats were barely on getting us three runs. Then you have days where the bats aren't on. The bats are on. The pitching is off. The Yankees are imploding. Well, and I'm I don't want to use the word implode, but a fact. The Yankees are struggling. Oh, the, uh, the Yankees are struggling. But, hey, let's let's give it. The Dodgers are finding a way to get wins everywhere. And who besides me already told you that Jason Hayward was going to revitalize his career as a Dodger? It was only
1: you, Micah. I can say it right now as a fact. It was only Micah, Sal, that said Hayward would have a new career in L.A.
0: Man hitting home runs out there. Back to looking like the prospect we thought he would be with the Cubs and Let's change topics real quick. Transition to the gridiron. It's going to be a big year for Mike's Lions. These Lions are the best roster of
1: Lions that we have ever seen, at least in my lifetime. That's a fact, Micah. You know, uh, Barry Sanders and Megatron could join the team now in their prime. Could you imagine? If they could only see them now. Right? But at the end of the day, Micah, I like how you said Mike's Lions because after the Raiders got rid of Carr and Waller, I was searching, man. I was saying, I've been a Raider for life, but I didn't like the way they moved Derek Carr. And then Waller, who is a phenomenal tight end, goes to the Giants, and I started to think, if I had to root for another team, who would it be? Right? So I hope the Lions do well. I'm still a Raider, but I hope the Lions do well. You know how much I rooted for them last year. Exactly. I've seen you, Dan Campbell, right there biting knees. We know Mike is there with the
0: Lions, ready to see them excel. Uh, Excel, Bryce Young is set
1: up in a position where he can excel with the Panthers. Yeah, uh, that's a fact. I think he's going to do very well in the NFL. I think C.J. Stroud is going to do very well, but I think C.J. Stroud may be called in week two or week three where he's the starting quarterback.
0: Still not sold that Bryce Young will be the best quarterback that was drafted this past draft, but I do believe that the Panthers will commit everything they can to making him a success. It's going to be a success in Baltimore, but they're going to
1: go from ground and pound to aerial assault. Well, I'm, that's a fact, Michael. And let me, let me just say, I'm so happy for Lamar Jackson being the highest paid quarterback. He's the most entertaining quarterback. I know everybody has their opinion. I watch the Baltimore Ravens just because what he does on the field. Happy to see him cash out. Now, he has enough weapons, Micah. He might pass for 6,000 yards.
0: We had a rookie first-rounder last year, showed promise got injured. We got a big, deep threat this year from a rookie. You bring in Odell Beckham. You still have Mark Andrews down the middle. It looks like the Ravens are prepared to let Lamar be in the pocket and utilize his arm. Tonight, Canelo Alvarez fight, and this is going to be the biggest party we've seen in Mexico
1: in a while. Yeah, he's always wanted to fight there, but they always want him in Vegas. I mean, his pay per view numbers are out of the roof. So finally, they give him a fight where he wants to fight at. And Canelo will win tonight. Canelo, I, I want to get back to this, Micah, real quick. Somebody asked me who, who my pound for pound list was, Javante Davis in it and, it. and he is in mine. But I went to ESPN's top 10, and he's not. But he's in my top 10. But Canelo, I have at number three. But I have Tank Davis at 10. Is it a
0: little over the top, finally, now with the Jalisco WBC title belt, that every time Canelo fights the WBC, finds a way to create a new belt? Well,
1: they have to, Micah. Think about this. Canelo's going to fight tonight. And, I'll and isn't it. he defending a title, too? And creating a new one? There's a lot of titles. And
0: there... that's why I respect the platinum title.
1: Well, And you should. But at the end of the day, Canelo has so many belts, Micah. I mean, he could defend any one of them he wanted to. And he will have more pay per view buys on a guy that nobody's heard of, unfortunately, because the guy is a tremendous fighter. To get to this level and to get to fight Canelo Alvarez, it's just unfortunate. More and more people haven't heard of him. Is this a. Commercial letdown, name-wise,
0: coming off of the last two fights and coming off of Benavidez
1: calling out Canelo. Well, he'll fight Benavidez in September. He'll have to. I think this is a fight. Micah, you're right. We're used to the big names, right? Bivol, Mayweather. I can go on and on of everybody he's fought. You're used to that mega name. And this happened to Mayweather later on in his career. Think about it. He fought everybody, and then later on in his career, he was trying to find opponents.
0: Got to ask you about that one. Will you watch the next Mayweather fight? He's announced he's going to take on uh, muddling MMA fighter John Gotti III. Yes, a descendant of that John Gotti.
1: I think it's entertaining. If anything, Micah, I think it's going to sell. People will watch. And I can't believe Mayweather is still doing exhibitions. It blows my mind, and there's a market for this. Like, you would think, Micah, stay with me for a minute. You would think Manny Pacquiao would be doing more exhibitions, right? You would just think. I'd watch him, would you?
0: It blows my mind that exhibitions sell this well. I I never knew. I, I never knew. Yeah. We do know that also tonight, you brought it up, we have the UFC. This one means more. To Henry Cejudo, he has more on the line.
1: That's a fact, Mike. I don't know if he has more on the line. I don't want to say that. For me, if Henry Cejudo wins tonight, this is legendary. You you got to include the champ champ in every list that you put out. Having a hiatus of this long and coming back to this quality of an opponent, right, no fight in between, let me get the rust out. If Cejudo wins tonight, to me, he's on Mount Rushmore Of MMA.
0: On the other side, would this be the biggest win? As I said, validating earlier, biggest win ever for Sterling. Absolutely,
1: that's a fact. This would be this would be gigantic if he wins today.
0: The co-main event, though is most likely to be fight of the night. Below Muhammad, Gilbert Burns, number one contendership. We got power, we got boxing, we got Muhammad with the wrestling, we got world-class Brazilian jiu-jitsu for Gilbert Burns. Burns won three of his last four, and the one that he lost, I can make an argument, he beat Chimaev. On the other side, Muhammad, an eight-fight win streak, a number one contendership, is on the line here at Welterweight, and I think this one's fight of the night.
1: I, I agree with you. That's a fact. Not just fight of the night, Micah, but look what you just said. Every category is going to be displayed in this fight. It could end in multiple ways, right? But you're talking about two high-quality, full-steam engines. This is fight of the night. Unless Cejudo wins. If Cejudo wins, that's fight of the night. That might be moment of the night. Francis Ngannou is rumored
0: to be petting pen to paper here this coming week and all signs are point, pointing towards it's going to be the PFL. Francis Ngannou, fact or fiction, can generate pay-per-view value from the PFL I, or as a PFL
1: member. Micah, this is where I'm, 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 t- I'm... I can't say fact and I can't say fiction. I don't know, Micah, if he can catapult the PFL into record-breaking pay-per-view numbers. I don't know if he's the guy. It would depend who the opponent is. It would be huge for the PFL because there's a second rumor I don't know if you've heard.
0: They may purchase Bellator. That would take that next step towards
1: pay per view. Absolutely. But right. it, but he needs another name next to him. If he was going to fight John Jones, it's record breaking. But John Jones carries the bill. So who is that guy from the PFL? Include Bellator. Who's the guy whose name does Ryan Bader do it for you? How much are we charging?
0: Probably too much, probably $50. I mean, I I, I I want to see success, but it seems like a hard sell. But it does look like Francis Ngannou is going to PFL and they need a B side.
1: If he was boxing and fighting Deontay Wilder, I'd pay $50 all day.
0: But I don't know if that's happened. It doesn't seem like that's come to fruition. What is coming around, though, is it looks like the Tampa Bay Rays, an offensive juggernaut.
1: Yeah, that's an understatement. The Tampa Bay Rays, Micah, and and I know you. I don't know if this is on your list, but what happened to the Boston Bruins? We can talk collapse in a second. I was going to
0: tell you that the Rays are the fourth, fourth fewest games played for a team to get to two hundred runs in the expansion era. That's since nineteen sixty one. People, we're talking about thirty one games. To score 207 runs. Wow. They are just smacking the ball around the field. If you want to get there, was the Bruins the biggest collapse in sports? They were dominant, bigger than the Bucks. I think bigger than the Bucs. This is bigger than the Bucs. This is looking at the Warriors didn't get the job done. This is looking at, unfortunately, Brady and Moss didn't get the job done. Perfection doesn't count unless you get the job done. And this is the biggest collapse in the
1: last five years. Oh, for sure. And, And Boston Bruin fan, what a year. What a year. Incredible year. See, Micah, the playoffs are different. Playouts
0: are different. Right now, though, we're also seeing a special era start to develop of pitching. Explain. We've seen now four different guys get to 500Ks. In under 400 innings, and you don't see people do that since 1893. Seeing Corbin Burns, 500 strikeouts in 365 innings. Shoho did it in 388 and two-thirds innings. You have Dylan Cease, 399 and a third innings, and Fernandez right there at the 400 inning mark. You don't see 500 Ks in under 400 innings pitched.
1: I want to add to this, Micah, because now you've brought up an interesting subject. Why are more umpires checking the gloves of the pictures? Have you noticed this?
0: Well, it's mandated by MLB, and if you watch SportsCenter, it feels like it's quite often. And if you watch Max Scherzer, you feel like it's every five minutes. Right? It, there's a chart of smarter things than us that says when velocity of speed and the breaking rate of the ball starts to turn too much, you have to check that picture because they're getting too much movement and sticky stuff enhances movement. So there can be sticky stuff of rosin, but just not extra sticky stuff. So watch which kind of wings you're having at the buffet.
1: That was Micah Frankel. It was Factor fiction. Micah, those were great questions. I'm excited for this interview coming up. If you get to the Instagram, it's Mike Adams, at Mike Adams 2.0. If you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, thank you for listening. And when we come back on ESPN Radio 101.7. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7. The team presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Welcome back. Happy Cinco de Mayo weekend. Great fact or fiction right there. Michael Frankel got to sit down with the owner proprietor of peak fighting championships, Johnny Ross. And the guest list just continues to move forward. And we're going to play that right now for you. Johnny Ross being interviewed by Micah Frankel. Micah Frankel here with a fight day preview.
0: Peak Fighting Championships is debuting tonight here in the Duke City PFC 28 at Revel Entertainment Center and I have tracked down peak head man Johnny Ross to
2: tell us all about the promotion and the fights tonight. Sir, thank you for the time. How are you doing? Uh, good, man. I appreciate you coming out and uh, getting a hold of me.
0: Man, my pleasure Glad to see another promotion Coming out here to the 505 Always happy to see more fights going on Getting these local fighters The opportunity to showcase their skills Uh, But before we talk about tonight actually I do want to get some background Peak, where
2: did the promotion come from? How was this born? Uh, Basically trying to give fighters a platform Where they had even fights uh, Treat them good have like treat them better than most every other promotion does and see what see what will come of it and it just it blew up so fast and it just keeps blowing and blowing and blowing and we're sending guys to the UFC pretty consistently so it's it's kind of it's it's a nice thing happening where did you come from to get into this mma promoting game man i was uh originally from canada and i moved to texas and then you know we'd go to fights all the time and like all that stuff and Guys weren't, like you were treated like meat, you know? So I was like, let's just see what would happen if we treat them better and just treat them like humans and make everything fair.
0: How long did it take for the idea of Peak to become a reality and something that was in existence throwing shows?
2: Um, a little while, it took a little while. Um, we're a bit of perfectionists, so we wanted everything to be perfect, but now it's 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 smooth and it, it's, it's
0: exciting. We saw you guys showcase amateur and professionals and it looks like you have champions in nearly every weight class I can think of was that the model right away to give all fighters an opportunity
2: no not at first and then it just the roster just kept growing and growing and growing and we never wanted to sign too many people to multi-fight deals if we didn't have enough shows to keep them active so we've opened up cuz we're fighting way more so we've opened up more spots so now we have more room for more champions and our champions seem to go quicker than they used to so it it gets a little scary because you lose your talent so fast now champions going quicker yeah. uh, the
0: biggest feather in your cap has to be a couple weeks ago bittersweet braxton smith gets that call the ufc i believe that's the first fighter that you guys have had directly from your show to the big show what did that mean
2: yeah that's our first fighter to go directly to it not through contender so that That was big. We kind of knew it was coming. We assumed we'd have him till August contender series. But then they called him with a good offer and a good fight. So he's got to go. You know, it's it, it means a lot. I'm proud of him. And we're excited to have helped him get to where he needed to be going.
0: Now, got to ask, uh, what should people actually be expecting tonight out of Braxton if they're watching those prelims and seeing him fight Parker Porter?
2: I think it's a good fight for him. I think he comes out. I honestly think he puts him away in the first round. Um, you know, he was, a, he was a large underdog when the fight was announced, and his odds have come down. So a lot of people are realizing that that's probably going to happen. So if you're a betting man, I'd go ahead and get your bet in quick because you're going to miss that one. 28 events. This
0: is going to be your fourth different state. What does that mean to the promotion
2: the rapid growth and expansion? Uh, It's it's kind of like it's it's awesome for the promotion. It's just it It's always changing because we're growing at such a high rate Uh, we want to keep fighters a chance to fight in their town like they don't always have to travel. Let's let's. If we got a lot of fighters in this town, we're gonna go fight there. We don't care. We're, we'll figure out a way to sell tickets and pay per view, and we just want to have good fights in different regions. So it means a lot to us to be able to fight in a bunch of different regions. PFC twenty eight here tonight at Revel. I
0: believe I saw four thirty doors open, five o'clock local time for the first fight. Five thirty. Yeah, five thirty. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. What made you guys want to expand? this direction, come further out west from Texas and
2: come to New Mexico? Man, it's, it's the Mecca. I mean, you gotta fight in New Mexico if you just have to. Um, so we're gonna try to make it one of our spots, whether it's once a year, twice a year, and at least build this here and show people how good our promotion is and what we do, like the promotion, like the fight night is exciting, man. This show is amazing. It's a lot of entertainment i mean great videos great production everything's great so we want people to see it everywhere
0: listening to the podcast i heard you guys talk about it's a big cage it's a big cage how big of a cage are we talking about here? so
2: you're talking a 32 foot circle and everyone's like well the ufc's cage is big bellator's cage is big so the biggest cage that anyone ufc uses a 28 foot octagon bellator Used to use a 30-foot circle Now they use a 28-foot circle So it's a 32-foot circle we use it, uh, it tends to create more damage So they they can generate a lot more force They have a lot more room to work And you have a lot more violent fights In a bigger cage
0: As far as the card goes I mentioned Braxton Smith We thought we were going to see yeah. him In the main event Instead, Wesley Day Almeida Cody East Tell us about that fight From your
1: perspective
2: Man, so uh, Thank you goodness for Wesley Almeida to be able to get over from uh, Rio de Janeiro to here in a time. Lee manner once we lost the Braxton fight and taking that fight I think um, honestly I I, the only thing I'm worried about is like the altitude playing a factor because he he hasn't known about this fight and Cody trains at the altitude but I I think they're going to come out man I think it's going to be a it's going to be a good fight I think it'll be exciting and I think one of those big boys is gonna get put to sleep. Honestly, I think someone will get knocked out and uh, we'll just see who it is. Cody's already walking around,
0: lowest I've ever seen, about 220 pounds, wants to go to light heavyweight. Uh, is that something you've already talked with the matchmakers about, that we could be dropping him down a little bit?
2: Yeah, so both of them are actually could fight at 205, so that's the thing. Um, they, We just were like, we've already announced the heavyweight title, so this is what we're going to do. But both will end up going to light heavyweight after it's all said and done. That co-main
0: event, so much potential. Two and 1-0 prospects, Lydia Warren, Megan Penning. I know them both well. This is an exciting fight that it's been talked about for quite a while here on the local scene. And you guys get to have a new year cage.
2: Yeah, I'm excited for this one, too, actually. Um I don't know how it came about, but it was like I think everyone just wants to see them fight. So um, we're excited to do it. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in that one, honestly. I think they're both really talented women, and uh, it could be an, an interesting fight, I'd say. It's, it take, cause I think the cage will play a bit of a factor in that one.
0: One that tickled my fancy as soon as I read it Made my eyes pop open Josh Marsh, Lewis Luna yeah. That is an incredible fight to put on here in a local setting
2: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a big fight And that's an exciting fight That fight has a lot of implications, honestly uh, We're having some things happening in the 145 pound division right now I can't really talk about uh, Probably losing our ch- champion to the UFC but oh. uh, So this fight, it's, it's big right now for us, this fight. So
0: Another big one I heard on the amateur side, we're running back a welterweight fight. I talked to Seth, the current champion, yesterday at the gym just for a moment, and he's like, I'm having much better weight cut. I feel much better than we went to a decision.
2: Yeah, that that was an exciting fight. Um, really good fight. I, th- uh, I mean, th- I think that could have went the other way. To be honest, that's how I had the fight. So... It's exciting, but, you know, the champion gets to fight basically in his home spot now. So he gets to has the elevation advantage, you know, so I'm excited. That fight was amazing, though. So it didn't matter. Like, it was a good fight. So it should be another good fight.
0: We know that you guys from Peak, you had to come out to the area. You had to scout New Mexico at first. So this is a a second or third visit to the area. Gotta ask, have you decided
2: yet if you're a, a red chili or a green chili guy? Green hatch chilies. Uh, I got some uh, pizza, I man, I forget the restaurant, but I got some pizza at the Isotopes game, and it was pepperoni and green chilies, and then I we went somewhere else. It was so good at the ball game, I ordered it again from a different restaurant, and it was still good, so I'm a green chili guy. <laughs> now, just so that people get the the feeling of what tonight's
0: gonna look like, you said Peak has the circular case, so we're looking at what you see on Tour, but
2: how has your show set itself apart? Man, just the production value. I think you know the walkouts, the the videos, the everything at the show. The excitement. It's just, it's just the atmosphere is like being at the big UFC show, but in in a smaller setting. It's people love our show. That's why we have so many fans. Like we have fans that are coming from our Texas to here, like from way off. We got people from. Nashville driving over Tennessee driving up here. I mean, they just follow us around. It's it's amazing So and then for the people that are listening today, that are like "Ah, I can't get out. I can't get to fight
0: night Maybe you can't get the babysitter. You guys have a solution for that because there is a live stream, right?
2: Yes, there is Um, The key to the live stream is subscribe to peak pass and you'll save more money You'll get a code and it'll save you more money than your monthly subscription And then another thing is next time we come back here subscribe to peak pass and you'll get you'll get pre-sale and if you get like it's like 10 dollars off a ticket something like that so peak pass is the way to go but yeah you can just buy the pay-per-view if you want it's it is on peak pass
0: you guys rapidly expanding do you already have the next territory that you're looking to go into in mind
2: um we have we have a lot of the this year planned out already so we kind of just gotta see how it goes and usually we go to a market they want us to come back so we got to keep going back to those without, and then find a way to get into a new market. But I would say uh, Colorado probably would be the next expansion, but we're back in Texas. We're in Amarillo, June 10th, and July we're in Dallas again, so. As we're talking about the promotion,
0: talking about everything you've built here, where did your passion to build this promotion come from, to really expand it and, and to commit everything to
2: this? Um, I think it just kind of happened slowly like I did it like I said for you know I've been in fights and all this stuff like watching guys just get treated like dog meat so we did it just to try to do it right and then it just kept growing and then now we're we've grown it to this thing where it's like all these fights so it just kind of I don't know man it just I think caring and then it just it just keeps going. And going and going. I know I didn't answer your question, but I, don't, I don't know. It's it's hard, man. It's it's hard because like we care, we actually care. You know, there's a lot of little things that we do for the fighters too. So like the gloves, we don't reuse gloves. Like every fighter gets to keep their gloves. We provide tape. We provide cut team. I mean, no one's no one. So if you travel from somewhere and you don't have, you don't have anyone to wrap your hands or cut work your cuts, we got that covered. We got. I mean, anything you need, we're pretty much gonna have it.
0: I mentioned four fights already. Is there one that I already overlooked that you're
2: just giddy about? I think, honestly, I hate to say this, but I think uh, Marcel Quinnis versus um, Perry Stargell is, is got potential for some serious fireworks. I think that's just going to be a stand-up war, and I think that's going to— I'm really pumped about that one. Then we have an amateur title fight with none, no one— these boys aren't even from here, so— uh, one kid's out of College Station, Texas, and the other kid's uh, near Texarkana. And they're, when, it's a 205er coming down to 185 to uh, uh, challenge for the belt. So, uh, Jakari and Larry, Drees Hamid, usually when they fight, someone goes to sleep. So, that's a big fight. And then we got some 25ers, Gustavo Gonzalez out of Me- uh, Chihuahua, Mexico, fighting um, uh, Nicholas Galage. Or, i could call him the gulag but uh out of jackson winks 125 fight and their their striking looks good so a lot of good stand-up fights i'm excited to see
0: i swear it's nicholas july yeah july there you july, go july yeah they call him like- the gulag you know? <laughs> <I'm> so, like, <laughs> one of the harder
2: names but yeah uh we know the kid well. love him. love love what i've seen i've never seen him fight for us but i love what i've seen a, a muay thai striker yeah it's going to be an exciting night tonight Everyone, if you're
0: looking for some action, get on out to Revel Entertainment Center. Again, doors open at 30. First fight starts at 5.30. You can't get that babysitter. You could get your peak pass. You could subscribe, watch this event on pay-per-view. And as Johnny said, then you're going to get that pre-sale code to get a percentage off on tickets the next time they come through. Johnny, Thank you for letting me get a couple minutes with
2: you today. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, and thank you for having us. We'll see you tonight.
1: Great interview from Micah Frankel and Johnny Ross, Peak Fighting Championships tonight. I want to thank everybody who's involved in the show. I want to thank Cell Behind the Glass, Joe O'Neill. Happy birthday, buddy. President, CEO of ESPN Radio. I want to thank Alyssa Ryan, Preston, John, Michael, Micah Frankel, always appreciate you being in studio. My name is Mike Adams, Mike Adams 2.0, on ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team. Thanks for joining us from Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team.